Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Jamie Sicily's American indie debut drama, Stay Awake, is a fictionalized account of the filmmaker's coming of age as he struggles to get out from under the yoke of a prescription drug-addicted mother in a small town in Virginia. It's a beautiful film, very intimate, and the acting in this film is superb. Led by Chrissy Metz, we know her from This Is Us, Wyatt Olaf from City on Fire, and Finn Argus from Queer as Folk play teenage brothers and a mom in a cycle of discovering their mom is passed out, dragging her to the hospital, and encouraging her to go into rehab. There's a lot to this film. We're fortunate to have with us the writer and director, and that would be Jamie Sisley. Jamie, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Well, th- this uh, film is on so many levels. It's an accomplishment. Uh, the, the story itself, the acting in it is superb. The, the look of it's wonderful. And it feels so organic in the way that not only it the, the look of the film, but also the, the unfolding of the story. I know this has been a journey. I know this film has been more than just a film project for you. And I know the origin story for Stay Awake goes back quite a few years. Let's Let's go back to the beginning of before the short film version of this, at what moment in your life did you feel like you wanted to put down on paper what you were feeling, what the story felt like to you, and how did that, how has that lasted through what we see as, as Stay Awake? Stay Awake's based on on my upbringing um, with my brother and I and my mom and the struggles that uh, my mom had uh, as an addict, and then and then the struggles my brother and I had as caretakers. When I would watch movies, especially as a teen, I, I realized that a lot of the um, films I was watching supported the point of view of, of the addict, and it always sort of demonized the addict. You know, I, I went through my experience, and then I went to college, and, and then I was in the music industry for, for a while, for six years. And that's sort of to answer your question. That's kind of when I started to put all of this together. I was around a bunch of really incredible artists and some really amazing mentors as managers. You know, I was at that place in my life too, you know, where like, even if you thought you've escaped or sort of done a lot of therapy, you know, you feel like you're at peace with certain things. I noticed that I I had sort of unresolved issues with that time of my life. And it was popping up in all different parts of my life. During that, during that part of my life, I started to kind of think about this subject a little bit more and, and maybe, maybe switching over to a place where I could, where I could have a voice about it uh, through film. As I alluded to, the the first version of Stay Awake was a short film that was very well received. So on a kind of an artistic level, on a personal level, that must have been quite gratifying for you as not only as a filmmaker, but just as a person. At that point, did you think there's more to be told? Is there there's there's a, a bigger story I want to tell? Yeah, not initially. I made uh, the Stay Awake short when I was in college as, as my thesis film. and. You know, I, I kind of thought that that would be where I left this subject. I, I knew I needed to tell a story on this subject. It was a big catalyst for, for why I wanted to explore filmmaking in the first place. And I didn't really think anybody would, would care, to be honest. I, it, it was really just to get it off my chest. And then when the film did have 
was, you know, was lucky enough to have some notoriety, I kind of became the festival therapist where people, people would start coming up to me and, and wanting to, to talk with me about their mom or their dad or their, their uncle, their aunt, their brother, who was going through, through similar issues. And at that point, I, I realized just how taboo this subject still is, especially amongst caretakers. I think addiction in general, but caretakers especially, I don't think they really talk about this subject with, with each other. And that was sort of when the light went off for me, where I, I realized this could be used as a, a, a door opener, a way, an opportunity for people who feel alone about this subject, you know, to connect people with each other um, in a way where I, I wish I would have had that growing up. Because uh, I think you can feel like you're on an island with this subject. And so that's sort of what prompted me. It was really that festival circuit that, that prompted me to explore it further. I can imagine doing Q&As after either one of you, the short film or this longer narrative version of it. Um, it's honestly the best best part of it because it's, it's again, it's just so nice. It really, it, it feels very fulfilling to, to be able to make something and even in the smallest, most incremental way, if it allows people to get to sort of share their their experience with, with somebody else, it's, it's really gratifying. Yeah, I can't imagine if you've been a caregiver. I can't imagine that it wouldn't resonate with people who've been through some version of this. But this is a fictionalized account. And with that, along yes. with that comes uh, all of the dynamics we see in the film. Certainly the mom, who is an incredible catalyst for, for the story. But we have these two wonderful brothers who care for each other. And what's so, yeah, let's get into this, this part, the, the putting together the story itself. And, and if you want to give her a better and a brief and sort of breakdown of the story itself, but having all of these characters in, in set up in such a way that they're individuals with their own stories and how they're trying their best. No, I think that's, that's a really great way to, to, um, to summarize it. You know, when I was growing up with the subject, and, and perhaps you had a similar uh, experience, I, I really uh, harbored a lot of resentment for my mom. I didn't understand the, the subject of disease, the disease component of addiction. And it, it took me, you know, a couple of years removed fr from being on the ground with it. And just growing up and kind of hearing from other friends uh, or, or colleagues that, that were also addicts to realize that, that addiction really is a disease. I feel like I lost a lot of time with my mom because I didn't, I didn't understand that. And I kind of wish someone would have clued me in on that earlier. And so I really wanted to show the, the, the empathy, the, the, this idea that everyone's doing the best they can. It's sort of antithetical to dramatic storytelling, right? Like it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not great to, uh, to not have any conflict or drama. And that's something you have to sort of think about when you're, when you're writing it and working with your, with your actors. But that was a really important piece for me, especially with the addict, just showing the humanity in, in the addict, because uh, I have a lot of respect for anyone who, who continues to come to the table and try to manage their disease. I mean, this is not a film to go to if you're expecting plate throwing and hair pulling and and that kind of drama. This is all uh, the, the internal dynamics of these relationships, some very frank discussions about what's going on in ways that are they continue to enrich your appreciation of the characters. They all have their own stories. They have, all have their expectations and goals and hopes. And at the same time, within that, we get a rich and uh, very believable tension with with all of them. And yeah, I 
I don't even know if I have a question. I just want to acknowledge that this is just one of those films where from the very beginning, and I think you set the mood beautifully. I think the cinematography in this is absolutely wonderful. Without getting too far into the, the technical side, I want to go back to the the actors here. I mentioned uh, Chrissy Metz, Wyatt Olaf, and Finn Argus. All three of, of these actors are just, they're so lovely to work with. They're such strong actors. They're just so talented and and. Yeah, I think I got lucky that I got to work with them all this early on because I they're all going places very fast. I, I could have followed any of their stories. I could have followed the backstory of mom. The there is there's allusions to the previous life that they were living before we catch up with them in this film. And all of them are very compelling characters. Casting this, did you know that you wanted Wyatt and Finn? Did you how did Chrissy's also an executive producer of the film? How did this come together? I, I was familiar with Wyatt and Finn's work, but I have to give a lot of credit to the main casting director for the film as well, Amy Lippins. Amy's been on the project since day one, like 74 years ago when we first started the project. And she she never she never took her her foot off the gas. So we, you know, we would have conversations all the time, uh, for for years, in fact. And Finn and Wyatt uh had been on her radar for a long time as well. Um, same with Chrissy. It was a little strange because it was during COVID when we had to make these casting decisions. So, you know, I, I watched their work. Uh, I watched a lot of their YouTube interviews just to sort of see, as you know, as much as you can tell from a YouTube video uh, or from interviews, you know, if they were good people, if they'd be people that that um, would have sort of the, um, would be able to really dig deep and do some character work. So I felt pretty confident about Ben and Wyatt, um, based on a lot of the research I did. And then when I got to meet them, God, they just, they exceeded my expectations just in, in, in how hard they worked. And just, they're just old souls in some ways, you know, they're so young, but they're, they're just so mature. And then Chrissy was very deliberate. I, I, I thought about Chrissy for, for quite a while, just because I think she's, she's just such a warm human. She's just such a greatly warm person that, that, I really wanted to counter this idea of what I thought most people would think an addict would be because we've seen that person many, many times on screen. I, I knew just Chris, Chrissy's affability would would lend a lot already before she even, you know, put her talent in into the character as well. She really is direct in this role. She there's she, there isn't any, a lot of uh, uh, mannerisms in in her performance. It's just her character being honest at times, being not as honest in other times, but it's always, it feels appropriate to 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 her and to, and to the way she, to, to her character. Um, and in addition to, as I was, you know, we mentioned Finn and Wyatt as well, and they're great. They're just absolutely fantastic. And they feel like brothers in this film, really truly do feel like brothers. In a film like this, where you're so dependent on kind of setting a tone, which you do in this film, you have a kind of a tonal range all of the characters who are part of the story, the the counselor at the rehab center, the girlfriends, the the other characters, they're all you found this you know, this place for all of them to be a part of this fabric of characters who just land very well in all of these different roles. So again, I, you're going to probably give credit to your casting director again, but you're on the set making sure that this all feels right. Yeah, I mean, first I will, only in terms of credit, because it was a different set of casting directors for the three actors you just um, mentioned. 
uh, for Quinn, Cree, uh, and Albert. I was really fortunate to get to work with Christie Street Casting in New York, uh, Rebecca Burkstock um, and Rebecca Dealey. And they're, they're just, you know, their work speaks for themselves. They're just so intuitive and have great instincts. And then all three of these actors are just lovely. I think they really understood the roles. They understood the character. They understood, you know, all three of those characters, I think, are actually three of the hardest characters to, to play in the film. And I think they they brought a lot of flesh to each of those characters in a way that I'm, it was just such a pleasure to get to work with all three of them. I hope I get to do it again. <clears throat> and uh, just want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Jamie Sisley. He is the director as well as the writer. What other hats do we have you wearing over the course of this project? <laughs> What else? Anything I think those else? are those are it. No, oh, those, those are, are it. okay. And yeah, the, those film, are is, the film is called Stay Awake. And another benefit, another observational part of the film that I just truly appreciated is you're able to weave into this story a bit of the 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 meta part of this drug addiction, small towns, Virginia, which has been an epicenter for the opioid uh, crisis for many years, and so. That part of it, just that background, that sort of ambiance of the of the story itself, again, feels so appropriate and so so honest. Th thank you. I, that really means a lot to me I, for a, a bunch of reasons. One, you know, I'm I'm from the South. I'm a Southern filmmaker. I, I sometimes have trouble watching films that take place in the South because I just don't feel like they uh, understand the world as well as they should, and it can come off pretty easily as sort of condescending. I live here in Virginia and I, I wanted to get it right. So it means a lot to me when you, when you say that. And, you know, this, this, this was really a, this film is a love letter to caretakers and, and to the treatment and recovery community. So I, I hope, I hope those things come through because that, that really is the reason why I, I wanted to make it. It's just beautiful. And by the way, a bunch of awards and. Oh, uh, thanks. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well-deserved. It's uh opening in new york city at the film forum congratulations one of the one of the premier platforms for uh for filmmakers is the film forum in new york mm. city that's on may yeah. 19th coming so right excited up. yeah you should be and and i'm sure the reception will be quite warm and then also here in los angeles it'll be opening at the lemley royal right there can't miss it santa monica boulevard right off the 405 <laughs> freeway if you, you yeah uh, yeah you'll yeah, and that's on May 26th. That'll be opening uh, here in Los Angeles. And I've got to believe rolling out. I can't believe that uh, whoever's distributing this it doesn't see what they're what they have as a a true winner for a film to to be to be distributed as far and as wide as possible. So uh, look forward to uh, look forward to your success with this film being acknowledged as well as future. I, I can't imagine you're not working on some other things right now, Jamie. Yeah, I am. I just want to say first, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me, and thanks for all those kind words. I think the LA screening starts on the twenty fifth. I, uh, but I'm not oh. sure. Oh, you okay. um, only it. because I'm going to be there, and if people want to come, I, I'd love to, you know, say hello to as many people. I'll definitely be there for that twenty fifth screening. But yeah, work and working on a bunch of other stuff. I just wrote a new screenplay that that I'm excited to get out there. But you know, I'm really excited right now just about pushing Stay Awake out. We're getting one last thing I'll mention too. We're working a lot with the treat, treatment community and the recovery community right now. We took part of our marketing budget and brought on these great, really wonderful people who are in the community. And, and they've been creating screenings around the country to sort of really connect this film so that the treatment and recovery community can, can use it as a tool, I hope. Um, that's been really gratifying.
Well, Jamie, congratulations and all the best on this film moving forward. And again, I'll say it again, it's opening at the Film Forum on uh, May 19th in New York City and on May 25th here at the Lemley Royal in Los Angeles. And thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. My pleasure. It was so nice to get to speak with you. And thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.